0: Good evening ladies, this is Anna Grace Wood. Welcome to Feminine Fidelity, where we are striving to recover Biblical womanhood. This means that we are returning to Scripture to see what God has to say about what it means to be a woman, a wife, a mother, a single woman, to live for His glory, to honor and obey Him as a female. What did He design us for? What did He create us for? To what purpose has He called us? We must get down, study and learn, strive against the lies that have obscured this truth. We must work to uncover these lies. We must teach the truth to our daughters, to our sisters, and make sure we understand it ourselves. Um, This is what I do. I do it here on my podcast i do it on my blog feminist solo you can check out so many links on there i have put together several pages that will help you in your walk and understanding as a biblical woman uh, as a woman who is striving to please god in everything to help you to uncover the lies that have affected or impacted your beliefs and understanding about things perhaps that have affected the way those around you see truth or fail to see truth. So, you know, check that out. If you've got questions, please reach out and ask me if you've got comments on my blog or here, reach out to me. If you have suggestions for something you'd like to see me cover, um, just please reach out. I would love to discuss this with you and see what I can do to perhaps help in some way or to do an episode on something or to answer your questions. So, um, if you can, please consider becoming a patron. Um, You know, I am doing this because I love doing this, because I believe this is my purpose, what God has, outside of being a a wife and a mother and a homemaker, what God has called me to be. I so long looked for a Titus II woman. I begged so many women to help me, and nobody would. I had promises for so many things. They were going to teach me how to sew better. I knew how to sew, but... I never got the lessons I wanted so I could get so much better and I didn't have the resources to pursue it myself I didn't even have for the most part a machine and um, I didn't have the money I didn't have anybody to turn to I didn't really have a lot of family Um, my aunts my mother everybody died a long time ago and you know, so even when they were still alive, though, I couldn't get any help. I asked women in the church. I asked ladies I worked with. Because I worked for quite a few years, from the time I was 18 until I was 25 and a half, I guess. And um, I asked again and again, trying to find someone who would answer questions for me. And even once... Once I wasn't working, I remember turning to the ladies in the church again and again, begging for help to explain this to me, explain that to me. I remember asking for help on homeschooling, and the preacher's wife just said, you got to be mean to them. And she wouldn't explain what she meant. And I would ask questions about homemaking and scheduling or any, a lot of other things, and they'd be like, oh, you know that. And so it, it was really kind of disconcerting, because I really didn't know, and I wouldn't have been asking if I hadn't known. So I had to turn to books. I turned to the Bible, I turned to books, and I studied, and I prayed, and I did my best to learn. And God has used books and magazines, magazine articles, uh, articles online, sermons, um, More recently, uh, links online, podcasts and articles online, and uh, Kindle books and everything else to help me. He has used some of the groups I've joined online through the years to help me. Uh, So, you know, I'm just trying to be that that nobody ever was for me. I don't want you to not find someone to try to answer your questions. And ladies... I don't know everything, and I'm certainly not perfect, and I make a lot of mistakes. But my purpose is to be this biblical woman who is striving to do all that I do for the glory of God. And that's what I'm trying to get you to see, because I believe God is honored by our desire to honor and obey Him. So, strive to honor and obey Him. Okay, and this includes, ladies, in the way we dress. Today we are going to be discussing how we as women have forgotten how to blush. You know, once upon a time, a sense of shame used to be considered a good thing. Uh there is an old song from the sixties, "Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dot Bikini," and the guy that wrote it wrote it about his two-year-old daughter, who was mortified that she was wearing this little tiny outfit and expected to go out in public and he thought it was funny so he wrote the song like it was a a teenage girl and that she was humiliated and that you know that she shouldn't feel this way but he got it all wrong because she should feel that way because she was showing off parts of her body that should be reserved for the husband alone and you know even one piece swimsuits show off way too much of your body and I know you love swimming a lot of you I understand but cover up because if you say well I can strip down half naked as long as I'm at the beach or as long as I'm at a public pool then you're saying God's standards of modesty only extend to certain areas and times and places and I do not see this in scripture so if you're saying this again you are putting your desires and what the culture tells you what the church tells you above what God himself tells you we are no longer ashamed as a people of sinful behaviors and this isn't just a modesty, it's true in general. I hear young ladies and young men who, who say that they are Christians making crass comments and jokes. And they don't see a problem with it. I see older women coming into church with their cleavage showing. And... I see older women telling younger women not to marry or making, almost making fun of them for wanting to be married or wanting to have babies, telling them that, oh, you're making an idol out of marriage, um or don't you know what causes this? You need to stop having babies. You've had enough. Show me this in scripture. God says for younger women to prepare to be a wife and a mother. He does not say that's making an idol out of marriage. If you tell a young lady that, or if you are as a young lady believing this, then you are believing something that is anti-scriptural. If you are dressing in a way that goes against God's standards of modesty, and you don't have a problem with this, then you are anti-scriptural we need to regain the ability to be embarrassed at sin. Whether the sin is coming out of our mouths, or whether it's our attitudes and actions, our beliefs, or whether it's the way we dress. These days, we don't even know that we need to blush. For us to feel ashamed, we must understand that we have something to be ashamed of. To blush, we must realize that we have a reasoned blush. And for there to be a reasoned blush, there must be a standard that we are breaking. That standard is the inerrant, infallible, sufficient, and authoritative word of God, sisters. But who teaches us this in these dark days? Almost no one. I mean, we may go to a church that claims to rest upon Sola Scriptura. But if it's like most churches that claims this, there's certain areas of Scripture that they just never, ever touch. And a lot of these Scriptures that they never touch or that they dumb down have to do with women. Just ask yourself, what does your church actually say about head covers? What does your church say about modesty? What does your church say about being a woman according to Titus 2, 3 through 5, and actually taking it serious and obeying it? Okay, they they say they believe this, that the, the word of God is inerrant and sufficient and then they act as if it is not <sighs> why should we get embarrassed and blush excuse my dogs they're outside and barking about why should we get embarrassed and blush about walking around nearly naked in public or even you know we just are cleavage showing, or our dresses hiked way up, when pastors don't even condemn immodesty from the pulpit, and when husbands and fathers either don't address it or allow their wives to control the narrative. And this happens way too much. You'll see a dad try to say, no, mm mm-mm. This is an immodest outfit, and the wife will get angry at him and gang up against him along with her daughters. And this is sin. When you are parading your nakedness or near nakedness or partial nakedness around in public for other men to see, and your husband is not correcting you, he is in sin. If you are doing it and you're under your father's authority and he's not correcting you, you're in sin. Okay? And I would also tell you that, you know, if your mother is warning you against it and you're not listening to her, you're in sin. And ladies, if your husband is telling you, do not buy that for our daughters and you're doing it, you are sinning. And you're encouraging them. To be in rebellion which god equates with witchcraft now, i know i'm touching on a lot of different things but from the purpose and duties of women to modesty and a lot of things in between that's because all of this is interconnected when we erase god's standard for our lives in one area it very very naturally flows that we are erasing it and ignoring it in some other area and this is sin we have created a church society Christian groups because so often they're not actually true biblical churches but they go by the name Christian who defy God at every turn. And instead of being a blessing to society and leading the way back to repentance, they're looking and going, oh, can we join you? Can we be like you? And they've become more and more like the world. And that's where we are today, where some of our churches are nearly indistinguishable from the world. And it's... Cause you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have women in the pulpit if you didn't have immodest women. You wouldn't have immodest women if you had had men and fathers actually being the heads of the family that they should have been. Head coverings is part of this. When you, when you eliminate head coverings, when you say this no longer matters, you're saying the headship of man no longer matters. It all goes hand in hand. So, but today I really want to focus a little bit more on, on the modesty aspect of it. Because even in conservative churches, those who speak out against parading nearly naked are branded as legalistic. And this isn't surprising because if you say, well, Titus 2 holds for today, and God meant what he said in verses 3 through 5 of it, you're branded as legalistic. So it all goes hand in glove. Sisters, we have an obligation to honor the Lord who created us concerning our clothing choices. We have an obligation to our brothers to dress appropriately so not as to be a stumbling block to them. We cannot willingly dress sensually, ignoring that men are more visual than women, and think that God does not hold us accountable. We cannot cause them to stumble and think that God is somehow pleased with us because He isn't. When we flaunt our bodies, whether a little or a lot, we are not proving our supposed freedom in Christ that some liberal churches try to throw out. We are showing how defiant we are to Christ. You know, we know, we ought to know at least, that it is is not decent to be in a state of undress in the presence of others. Nakedness is to be hidden or only to be revealed for one's husband. But you know, ladies, seriously, that is what most swimsuits promote because even one piece is that I see so many people say, well, well this is modest. is cut up your leg. Your whole leg is showing. Scripturally, modesty means covering down to the knee Minimally and probably below the knee. And uh, so swimsuits promote nakedness. Now, I want you to ask yourself this. I've seen other people ask this, I've heard it ask, I've seen it in writing, and so you'll probably roll your eyes and think, "Why is she saying that?" But think about putting on your bra and panties and walking outside for the world to see. Would you do it? Why not? Because most of us still have this idea that it's shameful and immodest to be seen outside in our underwear. So that makes us blush. But some of the women who would say, I would not do that, I wouldn't even put on a slip and go outside in public. Would put on a bikini or a tankini, or or a one piece that is very revealing, cuts down to there and cuts down to here, cuts up on the leg, and they'd walk around, and they don't feel embarrassed by it. The difference is us thinking it's acceptable is because we're told it's unacceptable to be in the underwear, but it's acceptable to be in the bikini or some other swimsuit. And sometimes some of these underwear sets actually cover more than the bikinis or tankinis that that we wear. And yet one humiliates us to think of doing, and the other's okay. It's all due to conditioning. You know, when I was about 12 years old, I remember that we were sat down in the library, boys and girls, all at the same table. We were given books on human sexuality, and we had to draw pictures and write about this in front of each other. And I remember we were all trying to cover our papers because we were utterly humiliated. This was part of the conditioning. We were thrust into showers with boys with boys, girls with girls. I rarely, I think I may have had to do that like once or twice. I was generally not allowed to do PE because my health was so poor. Um, but they did it, you know, these other kids had to do it. And it was something that... We were just told, don't be embarrassed by. It, this was all conditioning, ladies. It was all a part of getting us to where we are now. where We're not meant to be embarrassed to be naked in public, or nearly naked in public. We're not embarrassed to go to a, uh, a gym in really tight, revealing clothes or shorts, and exercise in front of other men that are not our husbands. You know, it's, and this, this conditioning has led to this trans movement, the sodomy, and everything else. It's all part of one movement. And it was all, it all came about from saying, well, we can choose what parts of God's word we want to obey or not obey. You know, bikinis are not the only swimwear that are immodest. As I said, most tankinis and one-piece swimsuits are hardly better, because those kinds of swimsuit suits still reveals much of your body. They still show the outline of intimate areas. They hug your body tightly. Some of them have sheer fabric, especially when wet. They bring to light that which ought to remain hidden. They are designed to elicit sexual thoughts and feelings in men. You know, there are options for modest swimsuits. Again, I have links to this on my blog. If you want to swim and you want to be modest, there's ways you can go about doing it. You can get on my blog. You can research this. I have links. I'm sure there's lots of others out there. But, and I'm sure you can put together something yourself. Just, my my daughters used to pick up things at uh, the thrift store, like swimsuits and um, things, and I mean, swim shirts, and uh, things that they could wear that was not going to reveal everything. Um, ladies, it is not legalistic to stand for truth. We must teach our daughters what the Lord has said, and model truth ourselves. Because if we don't, they're going to pick up the attitude and style of the culture or their friends. But even as I've pointed out, even conservative churches have very few modesty standards. And if there's no modesty standard in church, why should there be one at the beach? Again, it all goes hand in glove. We cannot follow our feelings or allow others to influence us. We can't be afraid of taking a stand because that's how we got where we are. Ladies, it cannot be said enough. Men are visually stimulated. God wired men this way so that they would be enticed by your beauty. You know, your husband is supposed to be enticed by your beauty. He is supposed to be stimulated by your beauty. But, You're not supposed to cause other men to lust. And you're not supposed to cause men to lust and then turn around and blame men for something you did. You should have a sense of shame over this. You should blush at the thought of causing someone else to blush or be ashamed or embarrassed or causing them to lust. If you are willingly ignoring this, if you're explaining it all away, your heart is hardened. If we refuse to listen to the pleas of our brothers in Christ to dress modestly, we're showing selfishness. And I've heard plenty men, I've seen it online, I've talked to them, I've read articles, I've read books where they're like, please cover up, please cover up. And they will even get explicit, you know, don't show this part of your body, don't do, don't wear this kind of thing. People laugh at them, make fun of them. Men have a responsibility. They do. Matthew 5, 28 says, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Men have a responsibility, but so do you ladies. 1 Corinthians 8, 9-13 through 13 says, But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols. And so by your knowledge this weak person is destroyed, the brother from whom for whom Christ died. Thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it, when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if... Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. The same goes for clothes, ladies. If we light a match, and we throw it on something that is flammable, and it catches fire, we are responsible. Men have their part, protecting their mind and their heart, their thoughts, their eyes. But we have our part, dressing to please God, protecting our brother's eyes. We need to recover a sense of shame. We need to recover the ability to blush. The choice of what we wear can either be a blessing to our brothers or a cause of stumbling. If we are modest and men still lust after us, then they are sinning and the fault is theirs alone. That's if we're dressing modest and acting modest. Because you can dress modest and still act immodest, become hither and... Move in such a way or say things that are encouraged to cause your brother to stumble. If you're doing that, then you may be covered, but you're not modest. And do not try and tell me, though, that, well, I can wear a bikini and still be modest because of the way I'm acting. No, that does not follow. Because God's modesty standard is consistent throughout Scripture. If we fail to dress modestly and someone sins, then we're in sin also, and we're to blame. So let let us choose wisely, sisters. Let us seek to glorify God with our choices. Let us seek to recover a sense of shame so that when we actually sin, we are embarrassed by it. If we are doing something that is wrong, that it actually wounds our hearts. Let us learn how to blush again. Ladies, I'm going to let you all go. Y'all take care. Have a lovely rest of your day. Do all that you do for the glory of the Lord. Bye-bye, y'all.